Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today. Is April 10th, 2017. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we finally hit it, the final week of the 2017 season. For some, it's good riddance. For some, it's bittersweet. For some, it's somewhere in the middle. And for some, it's there was there's a basketball season. Uh, if, if, if you're in that latter category and you're listening to this podcast, uh, welcome to Locked On Magic, and uh, I hope that you enjoy a little bit of basketball talk as uh, the NBA season gets near the playoffs, but the Orlando Magic come to the end of their season, two games left to play, including Monday's game against the Chicago Bulls. I'll have a little preview of that game as well as a complete recap of Saturday's game against the Indiana Pacers, including some con- comments about the team's defense, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about what's motivating the Magic as the season comes to a close. There, there doesn't seem like there's a lot, but the Magic are, are trying to soldier on and and do the best they can to, to, to finish these games strong, even if the lottery implications are not good for that prospect. Uh, as I said, uh, this is the final week of the regular season. We do have a bunch of busy shows. Like I, like I mentioned toward the end of last week, these shows may end up being a little closer. I'm trying to keep some like stricter season recap stuff for after the season. Uh, of course, we'll have complete coverage of uh, the game on Monday as well as uh, Wednesday's finale against the Detroit Pistons. Um, I'll, I'll be at exit interviews on Thursday, so I'll have some coverage of that. Uh, I may do a special episode for that, uh, and I'm hoping to have a guest on the show as well later on in the week to kind of recap Magic practice, or recap the Magic season. Uh, there won't be practice, obviously, after Wednesday. Uh, and then uh, next week, uh, as some of you who, who follow Orlando Magic Daily for, for a few years know, uh, I, te- I like to do my What Went Right, What Went Wrong series, and so next week on the podcast, as well as on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We will have uh, that series of what went right, what went wrong. So something that went right, something that went wrong each uh, day of of the week, next week. Uh, And then uh, the following week, we'll we'll begin our player evaluations, which will take a couple weeks as well. Um, So the content may slow down a little bit. Certainly the games will slow down, but there's still plenty to do. With the Orlando Magic as we recap the 2017 season, um, I think we're all anticipating a little bit of news as well. Uh, you know, I'm I don't, I'm not going to say exactly what that is, but if you follow the Magic, you should probably guess what that is. Uh, and once that happens, we'll of course have complete coverage of that on Orlando Magic Daily as well as on Locked On Magic with complete reaction to everything that's going on with the Magic. So. Last week of the season, still a lot to get to, still a lot to break down, still a lot to digest uh, and reflect on. 
Of course, we'll have a draft coverage coming up in, in June, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs once they begin as well. So plenty to do. Don't worry. We're still going to be going full bore here for a few more weeks on Locked On Magic, uh, and so we'll get that going with this final week of the regular season. And I, it feels like the best place to start would be with Saturday's game against the Indiana Pacers. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about another loss for the Orlando Magic. Uh, the, the Magic play. Saturday's game was interesting in a lot of respects, and, and, and started off with the Magic just playing lights out offense. Uh, they played a really solid offensive game for about a quarter and a half, two quarters, and then the floor dropped out from under them because what they were doing was not sustainable, and what Indiana was doing was defensively. The Indiana or defensively, the Magic just could not stop the Indiana Pacers no matter what they tried to do. And Orlando tried a few different things, but it was never enough. And the Magic just could not execute what they needed to do defensively. Paul George leads the way with 37 points. He had 22 in the first half, 14 for 22 shooting. He got whatever he wanted. But it wasn't necessarily just Paul George. Like, Paul George hit some tough shots that you can live with, but it wasn't necessarily just Paul George that burned the Magic. Uh, they didn't have a lot of other scorers and double figures. Miles Turner with 23 and 10 was the most notable one. But the stat that I look at here is two two stats. 59.3% shooting from the Indiana Pacers, which suggests, again, the Magic weren't stopping them. And 35 assists on those 51 field goal makes for the Indiana Pacers. What was happening time and time again was the Pacers were getting into the lane, dumping it down to a big, kicking it back out to Paul George, They were finding whatever hole the Magic gave them because the Magic simply didn't execute on the defensive end. Again, you give up 59.3% shooting. That's one of the worst shooting percentages allowed by the Magic this year. 11 for 22 from beyond the arc. It's 50%. And then 64 points in the paint. These are all symptoms of a a larger problem, which I'll talk about in, in just a moment. But the Pacers just did whatever they wanted against the Orlando Magic. It was a track meet, and it was a track meet that the Pacers were going to win. It was a layup show. I mean, it was layups after layups. Uh, we didn't protect the paint at all. Uh, you know, I think we, we, we weren't aggressive enough on the ball, and uh, too, too many blow I mean, uh, it was just a bad game in the overall. And what's, what's, what's really disappointing about the way the Magic played Saturday is is – more or less the emphasis Frank Vogel put on it. He said before the game that that he was treating Saturday's game, as well as Monday's game against the Chicago Bulls, as playoff games, as a chance to really test the team against opponents playing with playoff intensity. The Indiana Pacers and Chicago Bulls both need these wins to make the playoffs. They're not in yet. They could still fall out. And the Pacers... They didn't necessarily play at a particularly high level, and I think some some Pacers bloggers that I saw online, I think I think our good pals from eight point nine seconds, noted that that there was a dead atmosphere in the Amway Center. And in fairness, the Amway Center isn't the most boisterous arena in the league, but the the team listed it as a sellout. I'm not buying that, but it was a relatively full house, and I think there is something there that 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 the Magic weren't it wasn't a, a dead arena by any stretch it may not have been engaged in the game but it wasn't a, a quiet or, or empty arena but 
the Pacers needed this win, and they played with a focus and intensity that that said, we're not losing this game. And, and Paul George was superstar Paul George. He was going to make plays to make sure his team did not lose this game. 37.7 rebounds, 6 assists. The Magic are going to lose games like that to guys that good. They don't have someone that good to match. And if you lose, I mean, the Russell Westbrook thing, like, I'm more upset that the Magic lost a big lead than that Russell Westbrook went ham and won that game. Because he's obviously clearly able to do it against just about anybody. I mean, he did it against Denver if you didn't see on Sunday night. There are superstar players that can take over games like that. And the Magic don't have that guy. And, and the Magic have struggled to, to match that when it happens. And so, in some, some respect, it's like, okay, you lost the game that way. But the Magic offered no resistance on defense. The Magic gave little... It wasn't effort. I, I mean, I, I, Frank Vogel has thrown around the word competitive spirit a lot. The Magic competed. It wasn't that they didn't compete. I mean, they... Shot 48.8% from the floor, 14 for 30 from beyond the arc. Scored 112 points. They were in this game. 38 points in the first quarter. They were ready to go back and forth with Indiana. They just couldn't sustain it for long because they don't have Paul George and they don't have really Miles Turner either. Shut up, 2015 drafters. Um, But the defense just was never there. The Magic just did not have the defensive cohesion and communication to play the way they needed to play. By my eye, and 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 you know Vogel wouldn't go into the X's and O's of it after the game, but by my eye, the Magic were trying to switch pretty much every perimeter screen. If Paul George was running off a base a baseline uh, a cut or baseline cross screen, the Magic were switching it. And when you switch like that, you've got to be really really on point. And the Magic were consistently not. They were consistently a step slow. And that forced Nikola Vucevic to cover. And that left someone open underneath where the Magic were a little late getting down and, and cutting it off. That's the struggle that the Magic had throughout this game. Is they, they were just never on the same page defensively. And when you have a team playing as intensely as the Pacers were, they're going to take advantage of it and make you pay. And that's what happened time and time again in this loss to the Indiana Pacers. Let's run through some final stats before I get to um, to, to the def- to talking a little bit more about the defense here. Uh, Terrence Ross, breakout game, 29 points, 10 for 17, shooting 6 for 11 from beyond the arc. Uh, came out swinging. He, took, he, he made three threes in the first three or four possessions of the game. Um, ready to, A, ready to shoot it, which, which is a big help, obviously. Uh, but this is the kind of game that Terrence Ross can have. I mean, he can get things going pretty quickly, and you'll put up a big game like this. So a, a good effort from Terrence Ross. Uh, really what the Magic want to see him coming around screens and just, just firing away and making shots. Um, really good off, you know, not, not bad off the dribble. He had some turnover issues, but but a solid game from him. Uh, Evan Fournier, 23.6 for 10, shooting 4 for 6 from me on the arc. 7 for 8 from the line. Again, good good offensive game from him. That's that's kind of what we expect. Aaron Gordon has very quietly put together a, a nice string of games lately. 17 points, 7 for 13 shooting, uh, 4 rebounds. Uh, but I love his decision-making right now. And it's not so much his decision-making as a passer. It's his ability or his willingness to attack quickly. 
when Gordon kind of stands around and dribbles the ball a lot, and most players' field goal percentages go down the more they dribble, but when Aaron Gordon kind of stands around and dribbles the ball too much, he makes bad decisions or his jumper is off balance. When he makes a quick attack or a quick one-dribble pull-up, shot's good. He's got that down. Um, so he obviously has some stuff to work on in the summer, but his offensive game, there's a lot more confidence about it. And I think Gordon even mentioned that that he feels healthy for the first, really, uh, again, for the, first, for the first time all season, or fully healthy for the first time all season. Um, and, and that's certainly helping him, as, as is the, the position change as well. Uh, Mario Azonia, um, I'll mention him again, another solid game, nine points off the bench. Um, he's made, When he makes shots, he's good. he's a good player. I mean, he's not he's a useful player. Not a good player, but a useful player. Um, defense was better, is getting better, but uh, still obviously some work to do there. Um, overall, though, Orlando's going to point to the defense as a big cause for the loss. They're back in action Monday. That's an 8 o'clock tip-off on Fox Sports Florida in Chicago against the Chicago Bulls. Once again, the Chicago Bulls are tied for 8th with the Miami Heat. They need a win, essentially, to get in the playoffs. Uh, they control their own destiny, if I'm not mistaken. They own the tiebreaker over Miami. So they need to win to assure themselves a playoff spot. I, I would bet this is their last home game. I'm too lazy to check right now. Um, so this is a game, they, especially playing against the Magic, this is a game they feel they have to win. They're coming off a loss to the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday. Beat Orlando. They play Orlando, and then they play Brooklyn again. Actually, I think that Brooklyn game's at home, so I think they got two more home games left. Schedule is very much in Chicago's favor, but they've got to bring it. They've got to play, play well, and again... Orlando is going to face Jimmy Butler, another superstar player that can burn them all by himself. The Magic have to uh, be on tar- be on point. They cannot slip up if they want to get these wins. Again, where do they actually want to get these wins? I'll leave that to another to another debate another day. But for now, Orlando says they want these wins. They're treating this like a playoff game. You're down 0-1 now after the loss to Indiana. You better tie the series up before you finish the season off against Detroit at home on Wednesday. So again, the final score from the Amway Center, the Indiana Pacers 127, the Orlando Magic 112, uh, and then the Magic play the Chicago Bulls on Monday at the United Center in Chicago. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But, uh, you know, I think a consistent theme throughout this entire season has been about the defense. We entered the year saying defense was going to be the Magic's ticket into the playoffs. You looked at the roster and it was just clear that that was what it was going to be. And for the first quarter of the season, it worked. The Magic weren't in the playoff hunt, but they were kind of keeping their heads above water and playing some really strong defense, and it gave them a chance to win. They they couldn't score worth anything, but they were... They had a distinct identity back then. The bottom fell out for whatever reason, and they never were able to get that defense back under control again. And an identity that the Magic were supposed to have 
on that end. As quickly, di- quickly dis- not only disappeared, but evaporated. Orlando for the season. is giving up 108 points per 100 possessions. That's 22nd in the league in defensive rating. This is a bottom 10 defense. With Serge Ibaka in there. Lest you think that I'm not going to say how the Magic are doing after the season or to say the Magic are playing better after the All-Star break, you know, certainly their defense is better. It's not. Magic are giving up 109.8 points per 100 possessions since the All-Star break, 24th in the league. This is a bottom 10 defense. And certainly with the team's offensive struggles, they were never going to get to the playoffs that way. So, what went wrong with the defense? It's so hard to pinpoint. Some of it is a lack of ball containment. That's That's been something that Frank Vogel has noted and complained about throughout the season. That the team struggles to just keep do the base, very basics, keep their man in front of them and prevent initial dribble penetration, forcing help and switches. That's been a big, big struggle. And I think that's why we talk a lot about Alfred Payton and his future with the Magic. And why we talk about Evan Fournier a lot, actually. And even to some extent, Terrence Ross. It's why we felt, why, you know, I felt and still feel to some extent, Aaron Gordon has a lot of value as a perimeter player because of his perimeter defense. Now, certainly the Magic had some ill-fitting pieces. Um, You know, Nikola Vucevic has gotten a little bit better defensively, but uh, uh, the, the returns... Anecdotally, he's gotten better defensively. Even some defensive metrics, he's gotten better defensively. But there's still some signs that that he really struggles, and there are, there are things that he really struggles with still. Um, on top of all this, so the Magic just aren't a good defensive team. They don't connect well together. The pieces again do not fit, and. There even seems something intangible about it. And it was a big problem Saturday night. Because Frank Vogel is a great defensive coach. Let's let's not kid ourselves here. Frank Vogel can coach defense. Nikola Vucevic has gotten better defensively. Vogel even said Vucevic has been better defensively than he anticipated this year. So... There's certainly a lot Vogel has done. So why hasn't it worked? And again, I think Saturday's game provided a little bit of a lesson. Yeah, it was a dis- disappointing performance by our guys. Um, you know, we were terrible on the defensive end. And uh, we, they were challenged in every timeout, in every huddle, and at halftime. To raise their level, and uh, you know, we never got them under control. So credit the Pacers for playing a great game. And the Magic defense has been a problem all year, and and it started even from that first game when they gave up seventy plus points in the paint. 
Indiana scoring 64 points in the paint on Saturday was a big deal. It was a big reason why the Magic lost. Giving up 35 assists. Everything that could go wrong defensively on Saturday went wrong. But what is as telling to me, to, to, to the heart of the Magic's defensive problems, is what Vogel said there. That the coaching staff challenged the team to be better. And they weren't. They couldn't find it in themselves. Some of it may very well be apathy. While the, the team continues to say the right things, that they're going, they're still trying to play hard and, and trying to win these games, they don't have anything to play for other than pride. And I can already hear the tanker saying, no, 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 this team needs to lose. For the players, there's just there's not a lot of motivation to go out there. And and when you get punched, there isn't as much reason to get back up anymore. And that's human nature, I suppose. But there is still something innate about playing defense. Uh, just, a, just a toughness. Just a buy-in. That this team has never been able to demonstrate. Because even when there was still something to play for, Orlando would get punched and crumple. Defensively, offensively, whatever. That's how you lose so many games by 30 plus points. That's how you end up 28 and 52. The Magic still have a lot of work to do to get where they want to go beyond the season. And it's, you know, it, it may start on the defensive end. I think the Magic will rethink some of their offensive strategies too. But certainly this season, this this edition of the Orlando Magic did not have the grit, I suppose, or did not have the togetherness or whatever was missing to play defense at the level they needed to play. Saturday was Indiana playing a fantastic game. Saturday was also the Magic not playing a good defensive game. Saturday was also Orlando struggling and folding again. It was Orlando not being together and on the same page defensively, making critical mistakes that cost them so much throughout the game. And this has been a constant story throughout this disappointing season. As I said, motivation right now for the Magic isn't very high, and understandably so. There just isn't a lot to play for right now. In fact, there's nothing for the Magic to play for at the moment. Besides ping pong balls, but the team isn't going to tank. The team's not going to purposely lose games other than other shenanigans that, that they might do. But, you know, players on the floor are trying to win games. That's 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 what I'm trying to say. At this point, even the players are beginning to recognize that, yes, it's good 
individually and as a team to try and get the most out of these final games. They have a duty to try and win the games while they're playing them. But there's also a bit of futility in all of this. There's a bit of, you know, we can try and establish an identity now, but how much of it is really going to carry over? How much of that is really going to matter seems harsh, but how much of it is going to be meaningful when the team reconvenes next season? Everyone at this point senses change. We all kind of can guess right now that it's going to happen in the front office. And because it feels like this rebuild hit the end of its road, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a fair amount of roster turnover. Or that the Magic begin pursuing ways to, to, to turn over some long-standing pieces that, that just haven't panned out in one way or another. Or seem to have hit their ceiling. And it's just time to move on. We'll address that in the summer. We'll address that in, in the coming weeks. But the Magic right now are, are trying to to, to continue fighting for, for some identity. And, and I do think when it comes to Orlando and the way they've played since the All-Star break, there has been success. And there has been a reason to be hopeful. Or at least there's a blueprint now for how the Magic can try and build. And that's playing small, having Aaron Gordon at the power forward. That's trying to get up and down the court more. Trying to get easy buckets. Uh, that's spreading the floor with shooters. And that blueprint, the way the Magic have played since the All-Star break, has been aesthetically more pleasing and, and seems to be the team playing better. I, there, there, there is some evidence to suggest that it's not actually better. But there is enough to say this is a way for the Magic to build. This is a way for the Magic to find success even with the pieces that they have now. Certainly they need upgrades. They need talent upgrades in a lot of different places. But it does feel like it is something that can work. And so the Magic are kind of getting their reps in with it now. They're getting their reps in with it as this season ends. It may not mean that these players are playing that again. I don't anticipate the Magic to go after two bigs again. Let's let's put it that way. But it may not mean that this carries over. That, that whatever momentum the Magic think they're building now carries over to next season. Certainly, it, it could mean that the coaching staff is working out some kinks and saying, okay, this is what we need this player to work on if he's going to fit this new style. It may help the Magic determine, okay, this player doesn't fit the way we're playing now. Maybe we need to move on from him. That's all part of this calculation, too. That's all part of what the Magic are trying to learn in these final games of the season. But, again, the Magic never really established an identity on either end of the floor throughout the season. They're not going to establish one now. And everyone knows that change is inevitable. Nikola Vucevic said uh, at a practice last week, quote, we're trying to win. But it's not going to change much even if you win a lot at the end. 
We have the next four games. It's now two. A lot can change in the summer anyway. We're trying to finish the season on a positive note, but I think it's not going to help us build something really. Next season is going to be a whole new year. Indeed, next season is going to be a whole new year for this team. We all sense the change that's coming. And whether or not anything that's happened in the last month and a half matters, who knows? I would argue the Magic have seen a style of play that's more exciting and potentially better fitting for the modern NBA as well as for their roster. And I think that's a direction that they may go in their rebuilding on how to find and identify players that fit their personality and style. But whether any of this matters, you know, I know I was on that boat too, and I still, I do, I actually do think there is momentum to be built. And the Magic dropped the ball on that because they didn't win the games. They didn't, they didn't make a little late push. I have seen a late push carryover. It happened in 2005. Or no, 2000, in the 2006 season. 2005-2006 season. I do, I do think it exists. But the way the Magic played down the stretch, they didn't, give them, they didn't give themselves a chance to build momentum. They dropped the ball. Blowing late leads. Uh, struggling to finish games still. Not get, becoming better on, def- on the defensive end. The Magic didn't take advantage of that. And so, yeah, there's no momentum now. Instead, we've got some belief perhaps that their identity and their style is more set. But who knows? I think that's the frustrating part about this season is who knows? Who knows what comes next? Likely we have an entire two months before the draft to ponder and figure that out. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Like I said, uh, we're closing up the NBA. We're closing up the Orlando Magic season here this week, so we'll have plenty of good content here. Uh, Be on the lookout. Uh, Later on in the week, we're going to have an Orlando Magic Daily Podcast special guest as well, so be on the lookout for that, recapping the entire Orlando Magic season. And next week begins our What Went Right, What Went Wrong series looking at the Orlando Magic season. So we'll be doing a lot of season recap uh, over the next week or two, next two, three weeks. So plenty going on at Locked On Magic. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you download podcasts. If you have any questions, if you want anything addressed uh, on the show, uh, go ahead and pitch it to us. Uh, you know, we're always open uh, the email, if you want to, if you're curious about about the show, you're placing ads on the show or whatnot as we get into the summer and start preparing for the 2018 season, uh, go ahead and send us a line at omagicdaily at gmail.com. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. That's where we post companion articles from Orlando Magic Daily. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. And be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com for the latest on the Orlando Magic Daily throughout the day. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast. We will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.